the following may contain language that is not suitable for all audiences. Let's try that again. Time it is. Let's try it again. Time. Damn it. Go ahead. You suck. There we go. <laughs> it's a good thing you never try to be a drummer. Sure. So. <clears throat> Low Fact Podcast. Thank you, everyone. That's 2023. Yay! Woohoo! Are you hopeful in 2023, Davis? I'm always hopeful. Do you think hope is a bad thing, though? No. Really? I thought you went into hope. What do you mean? Oh, when people were like, wasn't that like Obama's big thing? Wasn't that his. I'm not into hope and change, no. Hope and change? Oh, it was the, cha- the hope and change part. No, it was just the, the people that were peddling that. They were trying to manipulate everybody with ah. it. But you don't mind hope as a concept. Everybody needs it. Yeah. I don't like the people that peddle it to manipulate other people, but everybody needs it. Right. Why are you trying to look all like... Well, I was just thinking about the the Mormons that came to the door, the young kids. That was like the question that they asked me. Are you hopeful for 2023? And I was like, yeah. No better way to get people away from say, yeah. But if we say no, then it's like... It's on. Let's keep on doing it. Right. That's what I used to do. That was my that was my ploy uh, when the um, when I'd get the uh, campaign calls. What's up? I'd vote for whoever they said they were, they they were calling from. Oh, you just say you would. Yep. Can we count your support? You sure can. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. Click. <laughs> so, I was thinking about a lot of things, and this might take a while to unwrap. Possibly, okay. possibly a year. But one year, I don't want to be talking about this in a year. The first thing I was thinking about was the too big to fail thing. Okay. And it just kept on, it just kept on eating at me. Too big to fail because that's a big load of bullshit. So you don't think things can get to the point of being so big that they have to be propped up? Well, no, they do. But this thing where I have to prop you up when I had no. Well, in a very technical sense, yeah, I probably did have something to do with it because I didn't do my part to stop it. What could you do? You're going to stop the Fed? Well, not by myself, no. But anyway, and um, as you know, I've been trying to get that uh, John McWhorter book for free. Finally got it. <laughs> I can't believe you found it. But... Um, the book is called Power of Babel. Babel. The but, Power of Babel. Yeah. So I was thinking maybe maybe someone read it and there might be some excerpts on it on, on the YouTube. 
just cause sometimes, sometimes some books come up and I like to listen to them, you know, right. up, up until the commercial and you know, some, that's very annoying sometimes. Well, the commercials can come on really quick. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's very annoying because you could, I'm having a hard time. Sometimes I break my rule. Well, yeah. Not often. Because it's a stupid rule. It's not stupid. It is. But as I was tooling around, looking for it, I found one of Jordan Peterson's lectures, I guess, when he was a professor. On the Tower of Babel? On the Tower of Babel. Oh. He had, he's, he, had some, uh, he had some lecture series about like the Old Testament or something. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That was kind of his thing at the, the beginning. And the Tower of Babel was one of them. And in his research, in the snippet that I got, you know what his conclusion was? Uh, no. Too big will fail. It's inevitable. That, according to him, is the and his research is what the Tower of Babel is supposed to be about. The the lesson. Yeah. Not that God's capricious and is like, no, you can't get too good. It's just when you start to get too big and trying to displace God, like the commies and uh-huh. and whatnot, you will fail. So because of is that because of hubris and all that, or is it because God is like, uh uh-uh. uh, it's because of us. But anyway, so I thought that was kind of funny. And then I also thought about that horrifying stat. Oh, think of, speaking of another horrifying stat, supposedly there have been more jobs, like, like fewer people are, are, are looking for uh, unemployment support. Really? But that's kind of a that's kind of a, a made up thing too, because they only count you for a year, and they don't count you if you say, you know what, I've given up. Well, why would they only count you for a year when you're still unemployed, right? And they also don't catch you if you've given up. Is it? Do they only do the one-year thing because it's too difficult for them to track after that? Or is it just inconvenient? I think B. Yeah. So do you think that things are going to be shit this year? I... Economically? rightly have no idea, but... Because I, I keep waiting for the price of stuff to drop. Like like gas, for example. Oh, it's going up. And I'm like, how can it be going up when nobody, when nobody has any money and nobody's spending any money? Like that just doesn't that doesn't compute. Well, if you print more money, well, they got to stop printing the money. Not going to do that. That's it's a fucking disaster. It's going to be a disaster. They're going to do what they what they do to no. try and stave stuff off. Whether it works or not, it's a whole other issue. It's going to make it way worse. Maybe, but that's says not... says the guy who's no expert on economic policy. But well, neither are the experts. To reason. But that, that horrifying statistic, 18 to 54, 11 million. And I think there's probably several more million above that because there are people that just have, that are being underutilized. How the hell are these people paying their bills, though? I mean, if you're just off the grid, you're not working or whatever, and you're just sitting around, like, is that just, are you relying on other people? or like, Yes. Okay. But if you believe if you want to go into to big conspiracy theories, that that 11 million stats are very good for the folks in power that want to hand out spots and jobs and stuff for people that are less inconvenient. Right. 
But we talked about this last week. It's not like, uh, I don't think it's a black and white thing. Just because there's like 11 million people that are out of the mix doesn't mean that there's like 11 million opportunities for other people. Sure there are. Okay. Those 11 million people might not all be cops and doctors and lawyers and congressmen or whatever. Yeah, probably not. But there's a whole host of people wanting to take up those spots. I'm pretty sure 11 million of them wouldn't wouldn't have been that wouldn't have been that, but I'm sure millions of them would have. So why is there 11 million people that are just left out in the cold? That's the question. Like, is it is it all part of a damn plan, or is it just? I don't think it's part of a damn plan because if it were, it would take a much bigger brain than than there's out there. But I will say this to those untold millions: start making some friends. You know, um, for for folks that are 30 and under, you still got a shot at probably having a crappy job. But you don't have to stay. But you don't have to stay there. Yeah, this is true. It can just be a temporary port of call. But for the people that are a little bit older, which you know, which we're in the cohort of, let's find some friends. Let's do some stuff. Hang out with people. Don't don't take the don't take the soma that they're giving you. I'm not saying go go cold turkey. You know, you can play some video games. There are plenty of people with jobs that play video games for fun. I I know I know several. Yeah. That do that at the downtime. Shit, man! I always used to play video games. Um, I love video games. You know, the porn's probably not good for your soul, but after a while, you're gonna get sick of it unless you're. Hopefully. Well, no, you will. You will. It's just like it's just like the people that go around, and I know I know the um, the prevailing stereotype is that guys just want to have sex with anything. Guys. Yeah. And yeah. guys will have sex with just about anything that's there, but just doing that is not that that doesn't that doesn't that doesn't sustain you. That doesn't feed you. That's not going to bring you satisfaction. It never does. And the fact that people think that it does just means that they don't understand the psyche of a man. And the ones that are doing it, I can quite honestly say that you're probably not a man. Oh, just fucking and fucking and fucking? In any in any meaningful sense of the word. Yeah. If you're just out having casual sex, thinking it's going to do something... Yeah, it's going to do about the same thing that smoking pot on a regular basis or doing illicit drugs or, you know, drinking or whatever. Which is what now? Nothing. It's going to make you worse. Yeah. I've, I've Empirically, I've run into many people who have decided to go out and just have, ra- have, have rounds of loads of casual sex. I've never had that opportunity. Well, probably good for you because it, the the people that I that I've met that do it, they're not happy. They're not even close. I don't think it's something that can go on for very long either. Without it seems having, like it's something that only happens when you're young. Well, that's the only time it can because you're too stupid to know any better. Yeah. When you're fifty, there's like not like people lining up to be like, hey. Well, there might be. Six. There, well, dude, there are. There might be. Well, I guess if you're, you know. It doesn't matter. You there. There's always there's always willing people, but as a man, 
if you're engaging in that type of behavior, you're not, you're not fulfilled in any sense of the word. I remember, I remember years ago that, that one, uh, what is it the porno folks call them? The suitcase boyfriend? Uh, you know, it's the guy that, uh, suitcase. It's the guy that carries his girls, the porn actresses stuff to all the shoots. Okay. Because he's basically living off of her because he's a parasite. Oh. And I remember, I remember years ago, we were, we were getting some donuts at some place. Oh. And, yeah. and that, 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 that dumb cough of a dude was sitting there trying sure. to cost you for, I have no idea what it was. Oh, it was because, it was because you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you weren't like, you were standing along just like everybody else. Yeah. Who, the, the chick he was with was standing behind us. Right. And I guess he took some kind of offense or whatever. Well, I'll tell you what it is. That's what happens, right? If you're if you're acting like 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 a schmuck, like a putz, <clears throat> you got nothing to add there. You're basically being taken care of by somebody else. He wasn't even. She was paying. That's my, that's my point. And we shut him up with with. Uh, <laughs> With one line, he's like, oh, I bet you didn't have sex with And I was like, dude, we've got eight kids between the two of us. How many you got? <laughs> oh, none? So basically, you're jacking off into someone else's body, and she's dumb enough to let you because she's desperate as hell. She's so desperate, the only thing she can come up with is you. She was not happy about him, his interaction either. Like She was like not happy that he was fucking weighing in and doing all the stupid stuff he was doing. Well, because he's, tu- he's a turd. Yeah. He's a turd, and she saw, I hope she's not with the dude, but she saw that she's sitting there giving it up to a turd. She's having sex with a turd. I'm sure she don't feel, she she wasn't feeling very good about that, and if she was, then she's fucking, you know, so far gone, she deserves it. She deserves to sit there and get dirty like that. So I was reading this thing about, uh, I've been reading, uh, I started reading Confessions. Have you heard of Confessions before? I've heard by of Taxi Cab Confessions. By Augustine. The Saint? Yeah. No, you know I don't read that stuff. Um, but it was talking about sin, basically. In book one, there's a section where it talks about sin. And he addresses it, and he's like... He, he's, I, he was talking about one of the Psalms. I think it was Psalm 19. Sam? Psalm. Oh, Psalm? Psalm, yeah. Okay. And uh, it was the notion of sin, right? And basically, it was the notion that if you're if you're if you're doing a whole lot of sinful shit, then your house is in disarray, and so God is the only one that can cure that sin. Okay. And then then and then God is going to protect others from bringing sin into your house. But I'm like, I was curious to think. I was curious to ask you the question. Would you say that that's true? That like sin is not something that you can kind of address without God. I think that's uh, yeah okay. I'll you go think with that's that. That's a fear. I, I well a fear a fear. Uh, <clears throat> well, truth be told, I haven't I haven't really gotten past the idea that that religious people are probably scared to death that there is no hell. <laughs> What? Huh? I said what? Well, you know, uh, the whole idea of the, the fear of missing out thing. 
So if there is no hell and all the non-religious folks are going to be saved just like you because we're, you know, we're all pretty useless. Right. Then the whole idea of the whole idea that you don't have to do that, like the whole prodigal son thing, you know, the son that stays behind, does all the stuff, gets really bent out of shape about how Pops welcomes the prodigal son home. Yeah. And then murders the prodigal son. Does he? I think. Well, I don't know that part, but the whole prodigal, the whole, the whole prodigal son thing, uh, a lot of us tend to sit in the shoes of the son that didn't do the prodigal stuff. And we, a lot of us would. Wait, get, are you talking about Cain and Abel? No, you're not no, talking about, you're no. talking about a different. Okay. No, I'm talking about a different parable. All right. But the whole thing about the prodigal son, right, is that the people that sit there and do all the right stuff, they get a little hacked off about folks that get away with stuff. Oh, I get, I get hacked off all the time when I see people who very, are breaking the rules. Very, very, what's the word I'm looking for? Very natural. Yeah. Which is, which is why I've kind of gone on that tangent. Like, I wonder if religious people are just scared to death that there is no hell. Well, why would you be scared if there is no hell? Because then that, then what? Because what? Then all the sinners. Then then I've been doing, yeah, then all the sinners are going to be like, you know. Yeah, but ultimately. Because, 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 let me finish this thought and you can say your thing. Because I forget, it's a story that a buddy of mine had told me about uh, this one saint who's writing. Basically, the writing was that uh, getting getting into heaven's pretty hard. Like a lot harder than they're not sharing it too much. How hard it is? Well, in, in the story, it was like if thirty thousand people die tomorrow, seven of them will get to heaven. This was something a saint said, a rope or something, right? So, and, you, and you're not supposed to take that as like a, as an actual hard number statistic. But it's it's just an illustration of how tough it is. So there's a lot more people in hell than in heaven, then. Yeah. Well, that's not something that gets really advertised. Well, and also, also a lot of people sit there and think that if they become religious, then life will all of a sudden be great. No, the whole point about religion is to make sure you go to heaven. It's not about having a great life here. In fact, it seems to me from all those, a lot of this, this stuff, if you have a great life here, you probably won't be going. Well, I just coming back to what August, this one point that Augustine was making what was interesting about the translation was didn't is isn't Augustine a saint? He is a saint. Well, didn't you, you really shouldn't demote him, should you? Saint Augustine. You know, yeah. He worked. He worked hard for that. Saint Augustine. Yeah. Um, I think he was like the bishop of Hippos. I want to say somewhere somewhere in ancient Rome. That's like the that's like the Captain Crunch thing. Um, but, um, I, the, the interesting thing about the translation is when <laughs> you have no idea what I'm talking about, <laughs> when you go and look at this, like when you, cause, cause like the woman who did the translation, she went to like the ancient translation. And when she translated it, she was like, it's different from the Bible translation. Could be because the Bible translation doesn't talk about other people bringing sin into your house. But when you think about her translation, it's like, it makes sense because, if you surround yourself with people who are sinners, who are doing like hard shit, then chances are they're going to be bringing that stuff into your sphere. Right? right? Yeah. You lie with dogs, you get fleas. So, you know, try and stay away. I guess try and stay away from bad folks if you can. 
And sort out your own son. But all very good aspirations. Um, but I just like the idea of uh, your own house being in disarray. True. And the fact that really you can't build your own house without help. True. From the master. True. Of the house. Sure. So. But do you mind if I... There was another thing that occurred to me. I don't know why. I mean, these are... Does it even matter if I'm at this point? <laughs> no, it doesn't. I don't care. So, I was thinking about it and I'm like... Because like, I'm on Instagram quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And... I see all this '80s stuff all the time, and remember when the '80s came back? Uh, when we were when we were young, or oh, you were probably like running off. To, I was clubbing and like having a good old time. You were you were doing some other stuff, but the '80s kind of came back with a vengeance. And I'm like, well, yeah, there's no eating in the library. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, well, and, and so at a certain point, I'm like, well, we're going to move on, right? Like, okay, so the '90s is coming back, but the '80s is still here. And it, it feels like it's still being pushed. It feels like it's being pushed onto the kids, right? And I'm like, well, that's not good. Like, like the idea of just regressing or the idea of, of just going back to something that's in the past, I'm like, that seems very regressive to me. Like, the kids these days, they should be making their own music and making their own things. But just having this regressive thing of just everybody just trying to look like something from the 80s i'm like that's that's weird to me maybe that maybe that's just too literal what do you mean it might not be the whole regression to the 80s might not be i mean is it deliberate it might not just be about the music what is it about the 80s that everybody's that that people are gravitating the 80s went that great there was a lot of shit going down in the 80s. It's a lot of shit going down all the time. So, like, I don't, I don't understand why, <clears throat> like, these kids need to have their own thing, right? Whatever that may be. New music, new stuff. I mean, it's good for stuff to be new. It's good for stuff to be fresh. And the idea of just repeating and repeating stuff that's already gone, I'm like, that's, that's not helpful. I think you need a good foundation before you can start... Moving up, moving out, branching. Having your own thoughts, having your own whatever. And the foundational issues have pretty much been in disarray. And I blame I blame the so-called greatest generation, their kids, their kids, and their kids. That's us too. Uh, well, I, my, my parents were not boomers. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if my mom's a boomer. Yes. She is a boomer. Technically, in the in the technical sense of the word, yeah, your parents didn't grow up here, but a boomer is someone who was born between 1946 and 19, whatever, 17 years after 46 yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the folks that are in the quote-unquote greatest generation, I think that they really handicapped their kids a bit with all the bad stuff. You know, these people went through a in America, a Great Depression and a World War. So when they came back, they didn't want their kids to suffer or go through any hardship, which is a totally natural thought. Yeah. But then these weirdo kids, you know, it's, it's, I can't, I can't even believe I'm saying this because I am a product of having stuff pretty easy. But, you know, everybody, everybody born 
1946 on, in this country at least, had it a little bit too easy. So much so that now there are weirdos fighting over the carcass of what was easy. And we'll fight till there's nothing left and ruin everything and make it hard again. Which, for, for a group, probably better. But as a person and individual, don't want to, don't, I don't need that. Don't want that, right? Mm-hmm. It's like those stupid, stupid statements about, oh yeah, hardship makes stuff better for other people. I'm like, you know... Easy for you to say when you haven't gone through a damn thing that's hard. You think you have. Yeah. But, you know, your your bacon's been saved just like everybody else's. Yeah, when everyone, like, hops on about how bad things are now, I, I think of that. I think of the boomers. No, no, not the boomers. The prior generation. I just think about people that have a whole... Because I remember I used to... I used to have friends when I was going through some some real tough stuff talking about how that's just going to be better for you. I'm like, you know what? Shut the fuck up and get down here in the mud with me or just go away. <laughs> that just reminds me of that meme with the guy standing, it's stick figures, the guy standing at the top of the cliff and then there's a guy hanging off the cliff and the guy standing at the top of the cliff, the stick figure is like, hang on. don't worry, things will get, be- hang on, things yeah. will get better. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. The guy hanging off the cliff is like, fuck you. Exactly. Fuck you. Because that, that, that there's nothing that will make me angrier than something like uh, like that. I remember several situations where I was I was feeling pretty pretty bad about stuff, and I would have someone sit there talk, tell me about how you know maybe it's better for you that way. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, the, is that just something that somebody says though? You're the level one moron who couldn't keep his dick out of somebody. And now you got all this other you got you got all the things that I think that I should probably have. Well, and and not not because I wanted it, but because like I said, you know, to me, money and all that stuff that's just like an indication. That's just to show the world I'm not I'm not a fucking dropkick. The money, the uh, whole thing, all of it, right? Do I want that in and of itself? Maybe you know, there's there's there may be some instinctual drive saying that I need to procreate and I need to do all this stuff and you know I need to 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 build my gigantic house, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But if you come down to it, so that's that's another thing. Like people sit there and say, "Well, maybe you need to 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 examine what you think you're attracted to in terms of women." Because I remember people would always say that to me because they they always figured that I just wanted some model to 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 be with. <laughs> well, then they don't really know you very well. But they don't know models either. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that is a that is a that is a. a, a a valid point. You know, why is it that you want the things that you want? You know, do you want loads of money just so you can roll around in it? For me, no. I just want enough to have people sit there and say, oh, that guy's successful. Why? Because I don't know any of these people. So why should I really care? That that That's that's my, my Caesar Milan moment where I'm just like, eh, what the hell am I thinking? Caesar Milan. It is. You need to, you need to have those. <laughs> exactly. Why, why are you wanting all this stuff? You know, why are you, why are you allowing folks that are no better than you to, to make like, you sit there and make you feel like, well, to validate you. Yeah. To sit there and, and say, oh, that so-and-so's got it going on. Oh, great. 
some drug-addled weirdo thinks I've got it going on. Jeez. <laughs> right? <laughs> Who cares what they think? Well, the, uh, I think things would work a lot better if a lot more people cared less about what other people that really don't give a shit about them think. In, in certain respects, right? I mean... If you're going around being a jerk off, having sex with everything and stealing and doing all that, and everybody thinks you're a moron, well, yeah, it's, but the fact that they think that you're a moron doesn't make you a moron, it's the fact that you are one. Yeah, but like in, in the big scheme of things, why do you care what some stranger thinks? Because like that stranger, you might be a. Because we've had thousands, hundreds of, depending on who you talk to, you know, between, well, what, what is it? They think Homo sapiens sapiens has been around for 150,000 years. So you've had 150,000 years of wanting to be in a group. Supposing a group no bigger than 200, because that's like the sweet spot. Okay. Which is why the too big will fail thing comes in. Because if you have too many people, shit's just going to get fucked up. Well, you want a group that's big enough to protect you, Mm -hmm. but small enough to where you matter. So, you know. Right. In the lecture that I saw with Jordan Peterson, him saying you being in Europe... Where you're one of 300 million. Wow. There's 300 million people in Europe. At least. Probably more. Really? That's going to... too small for there to be all those people. That's going to fail. Without something else holding it together. Basically, Europe is a construction of the idea that if, if you make everyone... Right, the whole idea of, of the EU and the Euro is France and Germany... Two, two world wars have been fought because France and Germany couldn't get their act together. <laughs> right? Yeah. So let's tie them together monetarily. Nothing else, just money. And then the will to... The desire to survive is going to keep them from fighting another war and, and like pulling in everybody and causing great... Are they still tied? They're not tied anymore. Well, they are. Sure, they're in the Euro, they're, they're in the, in the EU, EU, and they're still using the Euro. So Germany's not going to leave. But if, if, if the only thing that's keeping you together is money, that's not enough. I see Europeans all the time, and I'm always like, like I'll say to them, because I, I guess I, maybe I've been hanging around with you too long. Because when I see possibly the, when I see the Europeans, I'm like motherfucker. But then when I when I, when I <laughs> I'm like motherfucker. But when I talk to them, I'm like nice, right? Like because I'm I'm not going to be rude to them, right? So so like I, I saw some Europeans this week, and I was like, hey, how you going? And I was talking to them or whatever. And the woman, she, I guess she grew up in Northern California, but now she's living in Amsterdam. And it was like her and her husband, the little girl, they looked like they were wealthy. Well, at least they were dressed like they were wealthy. And well, you kind of have to be to be able to vacation outside of Europe. And I was, uh, I was like, oh, so you're just visiting or whatever? And she was like, yeah, we're just visiting. And, and, and so I was like chit-chatting away with them. And she was like, oh, it's so nice. Yes, she was like, oh, it's so nice to be back in the United States. She was, she was like, people so much. She was like, people wouldn't, this would never happen in, uh, in Europe, in Amsterdam. I was like, what, somebody like greeting you and just like chatting with you and... And, and like helping you out and she's like yeah and I was like and I was like so are you going to come back to the States and she's like oh no 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 we, we, we're just visiting and she was like I like to just visit we, we're going back to Amsterdam <laughs> just like why then like 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 if 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 it's if, if people are that shitty to you and like in a city like Amsterdam like why would you want to be there well 
That, I would, that's the part I didn't get. This is all supposition, but probably because they got it, got it going pretty good. Yeah. Or so they think. Yeah. I mean, there's millions of people who sit there and think that America's just, you're going to get shot every second that if you go outside. Americans are so nice and polite, though. Well, Americans are the nicest people on earth. Yeah. So, like, she was, on the one hand, she was saying she loves being back because she li- loves that about America. But on the other hand, she was, she likes quite the free shit going back to Amsterdam. She likes the free shit she gets over there. Yeah. She's a hateful person. Yeah, I don't know her, and I'm going to say it. Look, every person I've ever met is a great uh, person. People in general suck. And that is the weird dichotomy of stuff. Everybody's great on an individual level. Yeah. You get, you get like, you know, too many of us in, in the room together, and we all turn into stark raving cunts for some reason. So maybe the key is these small communities that you're talking about. Never happen. The 200. You can't, you can't digress back to that. The 200. Right, as you were saying, you can't digress back to that. There's too much. There's too much money, or power. Power is money to me. So, there's too much money. There's too much power to be had. You're gonna give that up, or you might have to. Well, you will if you have to. You might have to in order for things. No, no, no. no. Well, for your life to be better. No, that, no. <laughs> that that is a that is one burden that people will not willingly. <laughs> throw off well maybe they have to though I just said that that is a that is a burden that people will not willingly throw off they will not cast off that burden they won't cast it off nope so then they have to be forced by something I don't know and that's we're kind of we're kind of going on to weird like doom and gloom prophecies here that someone might try to sit there and interrogate you with later but <clears throat> but you know I don't know what I'm saying right now if if you have if you have millions or tens of millions or billions of dollars, you're not gonna you're not gonna cast that off. No way, no how. But most most people don't have that, Dave. I know. Most people are like fucking like. Even if you're a hundred thousandaire, you're not gonna. The majority gonna, of people like are fucking working one like two plus jobs and fucking just barely scraping by. And the the folks with all the with all the coin are going to be sitting there saying you're living the life that's fulfilling, and great, and blah blah blah. <laughs> Keep on keeping on. You know what though? It's better to be nice. I've discovered it's better to be nice to people than not. Well, why would you not be nice to people if you didn't have? If you know, why would you be mean to someone if you didn't have to? Because sometimes it's just like, I don't know. Life is you're just like. Ugh. Yeah, and, and then and then you're like, oh fuck all these people, fuck life, fuck this. Sure, and I've I'm I'm there a lot, but then but, but then it's you momentary. have that feeling you're cunt to people. It's momentary. You mean like a day? Not even. I have I have I have I have incredibly dark thoughts. Like, very dark. <laughs> but you don't just want to like go out and be a cunt to people all day. No, I guess it doesn't really make you feel better. It doesn't. Oh, don't don't get me wrong. There, are, I, I've got a list. <laughs> I don't have a I don't, ha, I don't have a Steve Buscemi, Billy Madison list. But there are people that if you know Billy Madison is that what you're trying to say? I just said that, right? You said Bailey Madison. I said Steve Buscemi, Billy Madison. There we go. Okay. Even even your immigrant ears are hearing me wrong. Uh, when I edit when the when the when the editor edits this, dude, everybody knows that like you. you said Bailey. Dude, everyone knows it's you. But yeah, I don't have that kind of list. But sure, I've, there are people that there are people that have wronged me, and I might I might be tested 
in the future on whether I... Your ability to be able to wreak... Well, on whether or not I, I... I... On whether or not I answer a wrong with mercy. There are... There are... Well, that would make you Jesus. There are quite a few people that are going to get the mercy. I already know that because, you know, like the guy that cuts me off in traffic, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Actually, at the time, I'm, I'm also kind of laughing because I'm just like, uh, well, you know, I, I do it to other people. So, well, turn it oh, off. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, Ugh. like I'll, I'll use like a lot of swear words and get really worked up. And then I'm, I'm like, Ugh. but but there are people that have legitimately tried to end or ruin my life or at least be a not necessarily be a ruin it, but to be a pretty big obstacle in it. Now, you know. I don't know. Right? That, I don't know. Mercy's hard, man. That sounds weird. What sounds weird? Well, the I don't know part. It's not like I'm going to go out and, you know, pull a pull a Steve Buscemi. But. Oh, like, the, you don't have to explain the same. For everyone who hasn't seen Billy Madison, Adam Sandler plays a guy named Billy Madison. He's a spoiled rich kid, and it turns out that uh, he's done. He's wronged a bunch of people. When he's about when he's about to turn thirty, uh, the the some will or whatever says that if you don't finish school, you don't get all your money, the tens of millions of dollars. And so he tries to finish like grade first grade to twelfth grade in a matter of like twelve weeks. He goes back to school as a grown adult, right? And in one of them, apparently, I guess he was a little bit of a of a of a prick in high school, and he just uh, too steep to assume his carpo. Specifically, but he was a brick in high school, and so he calls up Steve Buscemi's character many, many years after high school, and he and he apologizes. And Steve Buscemi's character is like, "Oh well, yeah, thanks a lot." And he happens to be sitting in the bath, <laughs> and after he hangs up the phone, the camera pans out, and you see Steve in the bath. He puts on lipstick, <laughs> and he has a list of people to kill, and Billy Madison's people like, "We've wronged him, right?" Well, people, are, you know, people to kill, basically. Yeah. And uh, he has he crosses Billy Madison's name off with the, with the, with his his little thing of lipstick, which was funny as hell. Uh, so no, it's not one of those situations. But yeah, there are people that have uh, done really stupid things to me, <coughs> and you know I'm gonna have to watch that again just to watch that scene. If if the opportunity presents itself, I may have to do a stupid thing right back. Now I would hope that I'm mature and. And uh, loving enough is the right word. Just mature and Christian enough, maybe, not to do that. Yeah. But, I mean... It's pretty hard to love thine enemy. Well, it's pretty hard to... to. I mean, loving your neighbor, that's pretty easy. Well, it's pretty... Unless your neighbor's a total cunt. Well, I don't know. I think loving your neighbor would be quite easy if your neighbor were Paulina Kortsakova, even now. Well, I'm not talking about Paulina Kortsakova. Or Marin Hinkle. <laughs> oh. But anyway. So, yeah. Um, final thought. Yes. Don't be petrified by fear. And I hate I hate that we sit here and just throw out these words all the time because words are pretty meaningless. You mean like fear? Well, just words. Just talk about stuff. You know, words just don't... They don't convey ideas. What about the written word? It's still verbal, but the last couple of years has really just been the powers that be trying to manipulate and take advantage of our fear. And look, you can't operate that way. 
don't get me wrong. I'm just as I'm just as fearful as any other person. Hell, there have been I can count two times in my life where I've been totally just terrified. One was when I was a small boy playing on a railroad trestle like an idiot. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I gave that railroad engineer a heart attack. Wow. Because, yeah, the train was barreling on me and I could, you know, it was like I hear clanging on the track. I'm like, what the hell's that sound? And just like, you know, clank, 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 clank. I'm like, oh, that's just weird. And then I hear this. And then and then I hear the bark, 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 which is the horn. And I look up and there's a fucking train coming at me. And it was the brakes that you hid first? Yeah. No, it was, the, it was the things that I heard first, then the brakes. Well, first, you hear you hear the you hear the clang of the wheels on the tracks. Yeah, you do hear that. Then I heard. Then I, I thought I heard something that sounded like a horn. And then you know there it was, and so I had to, I had to. I'm pretty sure this whole whole exchange didn't last more than like, ten or seconds or so. But I had to hightail it off that trestle before I got squashed. Wow. And then there was one later, but you know, well actually there were several later, but so yeah, dude, I I know I know abject terror. I know terror about death impeding at you from that point and then when was out when when i was a young adult but we don't need to get into that so you clear did you see clearly in any of those moments uh yeah so you reacted despite the fear uh well when i tend to freeze when i was a small i'm like a possum i'm like (laughs) when i was a small child i think i did that for about a second yeah with the train no i still i still just like (laughs) freeze uh, well, yeah, but you need to you need to get moving. I had a buddy attack, like a friend of mine, attack me just to kind of see how I reacted. <laughs> he turned around in the alleyway and he came at me, and I just like I didn't do it. I, I didn't like retreat or attack. I was oh. just like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was like some kind of a you know a animal in the headlights. You didn't even go limp like a crash test. Because because he used to do it to people as an experiment because he's a bit of a psycho. Yeah. And he was like, I've never had, he's like, I've never experienced anybody having the reaction of having no reaction. <laughs> Did anybody ever punch the shit out of him? Uh, I don't think so. Because they were buddies? Yeah. Yeah. Well. But maybe he might have stopped doing that if somebody did it. Probably. Yeah. But yeah, going back to it, you can't, look. I think he works in banking now. Well, that just makes total sense. We're all scared. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's, there's more than enough to be afraid of. Yeah. But how but, do you overcome the fear, though? You just got to. But is it is that through the? You, you just got to. You got to do it. How, so however, 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 however you you can to get through it. If it's religion, it's religion. If it's you know friends, friends, it's friends. If it's drugs, well, stop doing the drugs and live in fear. Yeah. Because if you just do the drugs, you're just going to die anyway. So. Yeah. We're all going to die. Do the best you can to keep it from happening sooner than. Might as well be sober. Well, I'm just saying. Maybe I'll be sober while you die. Do what you can to try and stave it off, even though you can't really stave it off. It's going to happen. But, you know, you can you can kind of trick yourself into thinking that if I do these things, it'll happen later than earlier. Well, you know. You're talking about the death? Yeah. Because I was confused. I was like, maybe he's still talking about fear. But no, fear, yeah. I, we're, we're rambling on here, so it's, it's about time to let it go. But just like the fear. You can't, you can't, you can't do anything if you're afraid. And or angry or whatever. And I think that the big goal from a lot of places is to keep you in a perpetual state of fear and anger frozen. Yeah. Not being able to do anything. So first things first for all the folks that are underutilized and especially my brothers out there that are, you know, the 11 million. (laughs) Make some friends. Give me a call. (laughs) 